Hey listeners, welcome back to Topics with Tim, Next Level Health. This is my series called Gym Junkies, and this is part one of two parts of a conversation with Matt Kitty. In part one of our conversation, we talk about Matt recently being baptized at Vintage Grace Church. He shares what that experience was like and what being baptized means to him. We then go into Matt's life being a type one diabetic and all the things that he has to go through and deal with in order to cope with that. And we also learn just a lot about what type one diabetes is in the first place. Next, we go into Matt and his bowling career. He is, he's quite the bowler and bowled competitively for a long time. So we'll learn about that. We then go into nutrition, specifically what Matt's nutrition was like growing up as a kid, where he's at now and the changes he's making in order to train effectively and to lose body fat and to get to a healthy uh, body composition that he wants. We also go and do workout programs. We talk about Kino Body, which is a workout program that he and Roy Hawk do and obviously have seen a lot of results from. And lastly, me and Matt share with you, you know, our, our cheat our cheat meals, our sweet indulgences that we like to have from time to time to uh, you know, keep us from going crazy. And I also recommend definitely want to check out part two, which will be coming out on Monday. You'll hear the full scoop, every detail of the story of Matt and him trying to become a pilot and all the things he's ran into from that. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned on Monday for part two so you can learn about that. But anyway, guys, as for part one, enjoy. Testing, testing. Cool, cool. Hello, 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 hello. Okay. Hey guys, welcome back to Topics with Tim. Thank you for joining me. And oh, look who's joining me. Jo oh, our, my puppy here just came in here. Hey, George, how's it going? All right, leave, get out of here. Okay. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Topics with Tim, Next Level Health. Thanks again for joining. I'm hoping I got some new listeners today because I'm planning on putting this one in the, the Vintage Grace chat to see if any of the Vintage Grace people want to hear their boy, Matt Kitty, who I've got live in the studio. So if you're a new listener, welcome aboard. This is Topics with Tim, Next Level Health, specifically a series that I do called Gym Junkies. Now, before you think this isn't just going to be bro talk about the gym, okay, Gym Junkies to me is about just being active in general and having a healthy lifestyle. And so I just, you know, I, I interview people sometimes who aren't big lifters. Maybe they like to run. Maybe they like to swim. Maybe they like to bike. You know, whatever it is that you like to do, I, I genuinely believe that everyone was sort of programmed with something by God as some sort of activity that they would enjoy that would help keep them physically active. And it's about finding that physical activity. So that's what Gym Junkies is about. Again, I'm happy to have Matt Kitty aboard for the day. Matt, say hello to the audience and tell us a little bit about your day today. What's up, y'all? Um... Well, today was pretty average for me. Just uh, went to the gym earlier this morning with a few buddies of mine from uh, Vintage Grace Church. Want to shout them out? Uh, yeah, uh, Hunter Ona and Sam Diaz, Kat Swanson and Nick Brewer. Skull. So all of you guys were hanging out, working out. Mm -hmm. Dude, let's go. I'm going to have to jump in on that one of these days. Yeah, absolutely, dude. <clears throat> okay, so you got your workout in. What else did you do? Went to Chipotle after. Of course. Stan, mm -hmm. classic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how can one not, you know? Um, yeah. Thank you, Roy, uh, by the way, for getting me into Chipotle. Um, I will also yeah. thank you, Roy, as well, for getting me into Chipotle. And I'm starting to do the double chicken now as well. So There you go. I don't, I don't yeah. know how good that is for my wallet in the long run, but uh, it's all thanks, about Roy. It's all about that double chicken or triple. It's just about that holy poultry, man. <laughs> 
Got to get. You just got to hit those protein numbers, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so you worked out. You got your Chipotle. What else? After that, just uh, went home, um, got done a couple of things, you know, chilled out, and uh, went to Starbucks earlier uh, on my way uh, here, actually. And okay, are you a coffee guy? I am a huge coffee guy. Okay, like like a coffee every morning kind of guy. Coffee every morning kind Dang. of guy. What's your what's your typical order? Um. <clears throat> Well, I mean, most of the coffee I drink is just from home, but... Um, smart man, smart man, saving the money, right? Don't mm-hmm. pay $5 for Starbucks drink. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Or $8 if you go to Dutch Bros. Um, Sheesh, $8. Yikes. Yep, Dutch Bros, it's like, uh, you know, here's a big cup of sugar with a little bit of coffee. <laughs> with uh, an espresso shot. Yep, exactly. Um, but, uh, no, today I got an iced uh, caramel macchiato. That's usually my go-to from uh, Starbucks today. Okay, so. okay. I'm not a big coffee guy myself, but when I do go, well, actually, here's what I do: I bring my own tea bags and then just ask for a cup of hot water. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'm cheap. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know they would do that for you. Yeah, you, sometimes they give it to me free. Sometimes they might charge you a quarter for oh, a cup see. in the water. But, but yeah, usually you know, because when you're you're asking a girl out, you're like, hey, let's grab some coffee. But in my mind, I'm like, I don't drink coffee. But hey, you know, I'll bring my tea bags and. Uh, Get my my tea for a quarter or whatever. I don't know how that good that that makes me look as far as a as a provider for them, but uh, there that's you go. what I like to do. <laughs> Bro, you're living in three thousand and twenty one right now. Uh. Okay, cool. So you're a coffee guy. <clears throat> All right. Now let's uh let's let's go to something that happened to you recently. That's pretty exciting. I got to witness it. I was I was almost late, so I'm glad that I I was able to get out of bed and get there in time. <laughs> But you got baptized this past weekend at Vintage Grace. I'd love to hear about kind of what, why you got, what baptism means to you, why you got baptized, and overall, how was the experience? Well, um, I apologize. That's my blood monitor. Um, But anyway, um, the reason that I got baptized was because God was just really pressing hard on my heart the last few weeks uh, before I got baptized. I gave my life to Christ when I was around seven years old, and hmm. my faith really began to uh, build up and uh, mature uh, throughout high school. But uh, even then, I never really gave much thought to uh, baptism. But uh, more recently, I've just become so engaged in uh, the Word and also um, with, uh, like-minded individuals, um, that like, um, that are at Vintage Grace Church or at Community Bible Church, which is my church in Folsom, and also studying, uh, Desiring God by John Piper. And so all in all with, uh, that it's, um, uh, been such a amazing journey, just, uh, uh, growing in Jesus Christ and, mm-hmm. um, uh, having uh, everybody with me throughout, um, also uh, growing in the Lord and uh, just seeing everybody um, uh, progress into true disciples of Christ. It's uh, that's the evidence of Jesus, and mm. um, so yeah. Um, okay. Reason that has yeah. so yeah. Now, how like how was the like? Give me give me a walk through, you know, emotionally how you felt throughout the entire experience. So you had to go on stage. You had to share about it. You had to share. You shared some scripture that I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then you had, of course, the you know getting dunked in the water itself. So take me through that. <clears throat> that experience was so uh, unreal, and um, I was just uh, 
so extremely excited, you know, being up there, um, about to, uh, get dunked in. And even the night before I didn't get much sleep just because I was so psyched about it. And nice. uh, my heart was, <laughs> uh, literally pounding outside of my chest and what felt like a thousand times faster than normal. Mm. Um, and, but you know, that's the Holy spirit, man. Uh, and the experience, uh, uh, like I said, it was, uh, it was so unreal. Um, and, uh, you know, in a way getting dunked in, um, I really saw that as a way of, uh, letting go of my worldly desires or, uh, identities, occupations that I might have, whether that's my career or outside of that. Um, especially because with some, um, problems I've been having with, uh, the FAA and trying to become a pilot, yeah. um, that, uh, also has been a rough and, uh, hard journey and, uh, has, uh, made me question, you know, what is God leading me into and what's my identity supposed to be? Mm. Uh, what is my career going to turn out like? Is it going to turn out the way that I wanted it or is it not going to? And so just, uh, letting go of that, um, and embracing, the identity I have now, but the one that's eternal and the one that truly matters, which is the son of Jesus Christ mm. getting <clears throat> baptized. Uh, it was, uh, such a joyful experience. Uh, and the joy that I experienced was unlike any other that, uh, I've experienced before. Um, uh, you know, in addition to being saved, of course. Mm. And, uh, it was also just such a huge relief, you know, just to, uh, take some weight off my back of what I'd been dealing with before. Hmm. Yeah. I remember you were in kind of, you were down about, cause you want to become a pilot, mm -hmm. right? That's your career that you've been pursuing for a while. Right. Mm -hmm. And you got rejected for, or not full, not fully, or at least temporarily rejected. Right. Because of, well, let's, let's go ahead and just go into it right now. So we can, the listeners can kind of get to know you a little bit more, but, uh, you are diabetic, correct? I am. How long have you been a uh, diabetic? About 14 years now. 14 years. Okay. And you're, how old are you right now? 23. 23. Okay. So when you were, do some quick math, nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> and do you, did you have a family history of that? Was there anything, or was it just out of the blue, like, whoa, what the heck? I'm diabetic. What the heck is that going on? A little bit of both. So one of my maternal uncles, who is uh, sadly not here anymore, um, he was a type two diabetic, um, but uh, he did not, um, he didn't get type two until he was 25, I want to say. Um, and he unfortunately passed away at 60 because he never really took care of himself and mm. wasn't attentive to the needs, um, that he had to provide himself to manage his condition. Um, mm. so there is a family history in that sense. Um, however, uh, type one and type two diabetes are both very different from each other. Um, uh, you know, contrary to popular belief. So when to I was... take us into that, what is the difference between the two? So type two diabetes, um, occurs when, um, somebody has a insulin deficiency, meaning that their body still produces insulin. The pancreas still, uh, mm -hmm. uh produces insulin to help regulate, um, uh, blood sugars, um, but, uh, the body can't produce enough to, um, to cover <clears> up, um, to 
I guess, uh, level out glucose levels. Right, right. Um, and so uh, type 2 diabetics have to usually take a drug called metformin that helps um, the pancreas become stimulated to uh, produce more. And hmm. can they can a type 2 diabetic get get by with just eating meals that are like really, you know, low in sugar, or like really balanced? Can you get away with it or is, would it just still? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So type two diabetes is actually reversible um, through dietary and lifestyle changes. So preferably if one sticks with a low carb, low sugar, low calorie uh, all around diet, then they can manage their blood sugars enough to the point where they can reverse the progression of mm. type two diabetes. So then they don't have it anymore. Mm. Well, I mean, they, I mean, they still have it, but, um, their blood sugars are just, uh, far much better off than they were beforehand. Mm. Yeah. I've done some research myself on, I'm really big into fasting, mm -hmm. especially for, I mean, obviously there's a lot of spiritual purposes to fasting, but there's actually a lot of nutritional and health benefits to fasting because you sort of give your body a break <laughs> Uh, from digesting to sort of fix other things going on in the body. And I've had, I've heard and read stories of people must have been, I don't know exactly what type of diabetes they had, probably type two, like you said, who would do fasting regimens or different things. And it would sort of allow their, uh, their body to, you know, get rid of all the insulin essentially from the bloodstream. Cause you, you know, your body produces insulin once you have food, but if there's no food, then your body sort of uh, gets rid of the insulin from your bloodstream and it allows that pancreas to kind of reset and then able to then, produce more because it's been if it's taxed for too long for a while it can sort of stop like I said, stop being able to produce the amount of insulin that you need just because it's like constantly on yeah so i've heard a lot of good benefits and i've done a lot of experimenting with fasting in my own life intermittent fasting that kind of stuff i'm sure you've heard about that mm -hmm. <clears throat> but now do you have type 2 or do you have type 1 i have type 1 um since uh since i've covered what type 2 is pretty much all about um type 1 is quite the opposite of what type 2 is. So type 1, which I have, is autoimmune, meaning that my immune system and anyone else that has type 1, uh, our immune systems pretty much turn on the insulin-producing cells in the body and uh, kills off the uh, insulin cells that are um, in the pancreas um, and tr treats them as foreign. So, And there's no known cure yet. Um, or uh, reverse process for uh, type 1 diabetes. So, um, yeah. That's wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for the rest of our lives, we have to manage our blood sugars um, through the use of uh, insulin treatment. But uh, I will add just on top of that, that uh, I do believe um, a cure for type 1 diabetes is on the horizon. Because, really? okay. Yeah, because there's a lot of medical clinics that are... Uh, curing type 1 diabetes uh, in mice through the use of um, cell transplantation. And uh, these cells pretty much um, reboot the process of uh, the body making insulin on its own, except one uh, roadblock that they're trying to overcome with uh, that research is the autoimmune attack uh, and also rejection because uh, a lot of... Uh, Patients who have gone through clinical trials um, with this uh, cell transplant treatment. Um, so, they ha so they've tried it on, they've done some human trials. They have done some human trials, yes. <clears throat> um, and a lot, most of these patients that um, undergo this uh, clinical trial, they have to take uh, immunosuppressive drugs um, to 
uh, keep the new cells that they receive intact. Uh, otherwise, their body will reject it. Um, so that's one roadblock that uh, medical clinics are trying to overcome, as well as the autoimmune attack. The the immune system turning on uh, the insulin-producing cells is uh, one mystery that is still yet to be solved and um, uh, relieved. Wow, but there's but you're saying that the the mouse trials or, or the mice trials are showing kind of some promise. They're able to maybe stop some of some of what you know the body attacking mm -hmm. those cells. Yep, uh, yeah, they are. Um, especially you know at least in mice, um, they're. I mean, there's a whole uh, range of methods that they're experimenting on, but uh, just to kind of give uh, one a little additional context, um, one particular cell transplant trial that is um, being experimented on by a medical clinic called uh, Viasite, they're headquartered in San Diego. They are developing a device that contains these insulin-producing cells, but is uh, encapsulated inside of a pouch and that pouch is surgically implanted into a patient so what? yeah so so that way when they receive the surgery their bodies will start making insulin again but the pouch um, will um, allegedly protect them from autoimmune attack and from becoming diabetic again whoa that must be a strong pouch you wouldn't want that thing to pop, right? No, no way. <laughs> <laughs> that is so fascinating. So the cells are in the pouch, and therefore are they sort of protected mm -hmm. from from being attacked, but because they're in the pouch. Correct. What the heck? That's so wild. Modern medicine's a trip, man. Yeah, it is. It truly <laughs> well, that's is. cool. I mean, that's obviously for you. You you would look forward to maybe not having to, you know, constantly do the insulin pump, right? Like like. How, as far as the day to day, I mean, I, I see you have, you kind of have it on your, on your shorts, right? Your pump and it's sort of taped up into your, like, give me more. I, I don't know anything about it. Honestly, give me more specifics. Yeah. So I usually keep my pump on my right hip, um, for easy access. Um, and, uh, the, is it connected to your bloodstream like via some sort of tubing? Not the bloodstream, uh, but uh, just the fatty tissue or the gastational fluid, and then insulin uh, goes in through there. So, and it's just, is it always connected, or do you have to kind of like stab yourself a little bit to get the tube in so you can pump your insulin? It's always connected. Always connected. Uh, once I uh, inject it in there, it's always it stays connected. So, interesting. How does that affect you as far as if you want to go swimming or you want to play a sport? And obviously, you don't necessarily want to have this thing on your hip or this tubing on you. Can you can you remove it so that way you can play or swim or do whatever? Yep, absolutely. It's uh, detachable, so uh, that uh, it will accommodate any kind of activity I want to do. Okay, awesome. That would suck if you yeah you're trying to swim and then you're like uh oh I lost my <laughs> like fell yeah. off your bathing suit or something like dang it that's I don't know how how much are those 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 pumps? To be honest, I really don't know. Um, all I know was that uh, my insurance was able to cover the cost of it. But if I just had to take a ball, ballpark guess for insulin pumps, around probably eight to nine grand. Sheesh, nine grand. Wow. Mm -hmm. Man, thank God for medical insurance, I guess. Yep, thank God. Uh, me and Roy have been joking lately about, you know, trying to date girls who are younger. So that so therefore, if we married them, we could get on their, uh, we can get on their, uh, their parents' insurance plan. 
Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> <laughs> what? It's like happy birthday. You're 26. <laughs> you bye bye medical coverage. You know. <laughs> But hey, you know if they're younger, hey, get on theirs. We have we have a buddy who's da- who's dating a girl who's I think three or four years younger than him, and so he's he just got on her medical insurance, and we're all like, we're all jealous. We're like, Damn, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh Such my lord! <laughs> <laughs> all right. um, let's. Um, I do want to talk more about that and how it affects your training, but let's let's save that for a little later in the show. So let's go. Let's head back. I want to hear about Matt Kitty as a child growing up. Again, just, you know, what kind of environment did you grow up in? What was, you know, were you put into sports? Were you put into music? What did your parents, you know, some people, they say their parents gave them a choice. Hey, you either play music or play sports or whatever. So I'm curious to, to know what your upbringing was like in that way. Yeah, definitely. So I grew up in a Christian household. Um, my uh, father is a engineer at uh, Intel. And oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he's doing well for himself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He's my uh, mom is a uh, majored in engineering. Oh, really? Yeah, that's awesome. She does not engineer anymore, though. She teaches. Ah, gotcha. Very cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So he's been there for uh, around twenty-five years now at this point, uh, and he's looking to retire pretty soon. And uh, my mom is a retired uh, real estate agent. And hmm, okay. Yeah. So when did she retire? Want to say around. 18 years, 18 years ago. Let's uh, go, she, dude. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, so she's been out of the workforce for uh, a long time, you know, just uh, taking care of stuff at home and uh, being a at-home housewife, so. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, so sounds like your your parents were, like, middle class kind of income. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what was uh, what was your upbringing, like, in terms of your, you know, athletics or sports, or what did they, what did they put you in, right? Every parent's kind of like, all right, what do we make our kids do? What do they make you do? Right. Um, so the earliest recollection um, that I have of playing sports, uh, it was kind of off and on, you know, played a little bit of basketball um, and uh, Little League baseball. Um, nice. A very, league. very tiny bit of um, tennis, but uh, that didn't really click much at the time for me. But mm. uh, around the time that I was 10 years old just to kind of uh fast forward um my mom actually got me into a bowling league through uh my homeschool group at the time nice yeah and so that um have you ever bowled a 300 i have dang that's pretty sweet yeah um thank you okay so whenever i go bowling Mm -hmm. this is the phenomenon i experience my first game is my best game and then every game after that gets worse and worse and worse is there some sort of like bowler's fatigue or is that normal or am i just weird no bowling fatigue is a very very real thing i've dealt with that uh myself too um especially during uh league or tournament competition um after i got into the homeschool league i actually continued to bowl for the next uh 12 13 years after that so dang okay do you still bowl today um very little um, I don't bowl, uh, competitively anymore, so I don't do tournaments or leagues, but, uh, here and there just as uh, a hobby or, you know, going out with friends. So I feel like I need to see some video of you in a bowling league. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how many videos I still have left, but, 
Well, if you find yeah. one, save one because I think it'd be. I'm picturing it in my mind, and I, I want to see it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, I want to go bowling one of these days. Then I didn't know you're a bowler. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm gonna need the uh, rails up though, so hopefully, that, you know, it's not a problem for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I don't bowl competitively anymore. What uh, you did? You bowled in leagues and stuff. Bowled in leagues and tournaments for most of uh, my bowling career, and uh, youth bowling. Uh, was actually a huge blessing in disguise for me at the time because I was able to earn some scholarship money through uh, winning tournaments and really? uh, and bowling high scores and leagues. So that paid a huge chunk of uh, my schooling until now. So what? Okay, mm-hmm. so you're you're a really good bowler then. You're not just a average bowler. Uh, uh. I consider myself an average bowler now just because I don't do it much anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Dang. T- take me to your greatest bowling moment. Hmm. Well, definitely my 300. Um, that was, uh, a good score to, uh, get off my back. Um, because before that I bowled, uh, three, two ninety nines. Um, Ooh, wow. Yeah. So, and it was in league play or was this just for fun? You were doing it. One was during practice, um, the other was in league, and the other was in a tournament, actually. So so you got the 300 in a tournament? Yeah, I did. <sighs> Let's go. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, so. I mean, you must have won, right? I mean, that's pretty much automatic win, or is it based on multiple games? I think I, <clears throat> I think I managed to take first place at that particular event. There weren't a lot of other bowlers doing it at the time, so it was uh, a pretty small um little venue but uh yeah that's awesome yeah thank you let's go 300 man i i can never do that (laughs) can't do it so you said you played some basketball did you get in were you in a league or was it just sort of more pick up and for fun a little bit of both um so my family and i used to go to uh capital christian um church many many years ago in uh rancho cordova and we went there from I want to say 2004 to 2007. Um, played a little bit of uh, of uh, little league, uh, ba- little league, I guess, uh, basketball um, because uh, Capital Christian had a uh, kids basketball team uh, at the time, and nice. so yeah, was able to uh, play with them for uh, a little bit. And... Give me your uh, NBA player comparison. Who do you play like? Are you a good shooter? Are you a good driver? Are you a post guy? I like to think of myself more as the rebound guy. Uh, any okay. t- any, yeah, hey, we, uh, all, we need the rebound guys, dude. Re- yeah. Unsung heroes right there. Yeah, definitely. Um, a couple of my friends uh, and I, we usually play uh, games of 21 um, whenever we um, go to a basketball court. And uh, I'm usually the uh, the rebound guy. Um, so. So, you, so you know your box, you, you're, you're the box out guy. You're sticking your butt up and getting people out of the out of the paint, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yes, dude. It's 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 a hustle stat, you know. Especially if you're shorter. If you're mm-hmm. a big guy, I mean, you're gonna fall into like ten rebounds a game. But if you're a shorter guy and you get ten rebounds, that's you, you're 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 hustling. You're putting your body on the line. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to uh, Lannis. We'll have to play some twenty one on his nice basketball court one of these one of these days. Yes, let's so, do dude, it. I'm pumped, dude. Basketball is probably my favorite sport to play and maybe to watch. No, I think football has a beat a little bit to watch. 
Mm-hmm. But as far as to play, there's not there's nothing better than basketball. Yeah, I'll definitely. Okay, so you played some basketball. You played. You were a bowler. Mm-hmm. Now take me to like junior high, high school years. Were you still involved with those sports? Did you try some different sports? Like, what was your main? What did you do to stay active during that time? Uh, mostly just bowling. Mostly bowling. Okay. Yeah, I you know, didn't go to the gym at all at the time, so I wasn't really into fitness. I considered bowling at the time to be my workout. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. Okay. And then as far as your, you know, your, for example, my family, I'd say we had pretty, we ate pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, we had our sloppy Joe nights. We had our, you know, nights where my mom, my mom has never been much of a cook. We've spent a lot of my childhood just kind of, we call it a, what do we call it? We used to have a term for it. Oh, it's fend for yourself night. That was most nights. Mm. <laughs> mom is not, a, not a big fan of cooking. <clears throat> but we ate pretty, you know, we had spaghetti, sloppy joes, that kind of thing. Obviously, I grew up, like most kids, most 90s kids, we grew up on a Captain Crunch, mm-hmm. uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, you know, the, all the, the nasty cereals that I, I would never touch today. I don't, I don't think I would even let my kids have them in the future because they're just, they're terrible. Right. <laughs> Let's be real. But mm-hmm. uh, what was your nutrition like growing up? Uh, I think it was, um, I think it was pretty average. Uh, I want to say, um, my mom's definitely the cook of our family. Um, so, uh, most nights, you know, during the week, uh, we'd have, you know, steak with, um, with the scallop potatoes or potato wedges with the green beans, uh, broccoli with a side salad. Um, nice. That's solid right there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, some nights, um, aside from that, we'd have, you know, chicken with, uh, rice and green beans also with, uh, uh, a side salad. We usually have a little side salad with uh, any dinner that we have. So yeah, um, and mm. sometimes spaghetti, lasagna. Um, those are, uh, I feel like those are the standards, the standard uh, middle income dinners. Because I feel like they're yeah. easy. To, they're quick to make. Mm-hmm. Our parents, you know, most you know most of our generation, our parents were working, right? Right. So yeah, they just you know they made things quick, and then that's what we got. Mm-hmm. Which, which wasn't bad for the most part like i said I, I ate pretty well i can't i can't complain too much i know i hated gosh i hated green beans so much i thought they were disgusting mm-hmm. my parents would try to force me to eat them and i would just i would just cry and whine and do whatever i could fake throw up whatever i could do <laughs> to not eat those green beans i was i was i was trying to find a way those things were nasty dude did you have a food like that um no not really um i mean I do remember, you know, sometimes not really having much of an appetite, but, uh, as far as foods that didn't really much agree with me or that I didn't want to eat, never really had that kind of problem. So no, you weren't much of a picky eater. Nah, no, you're rare. You're a rare breed. Most kids are, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to struggle with my kids cause I'm going to want to give them stuff that's healthy and they're going to, they're going to complain and be a little, you know, I don't want to eat that. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to have to just be like, all right, if you eat this, I can, I'll give you ice cream or something. And they'll be like, okay. And it's like, oh, dang it. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you pretty well. Now, how did, you know, obviously when you were nine, you found out about the diabetes. Did that change your diet or what your parents gave you food wise? To be honest, it didn't change my diet at all. Um, the only thing that changed was, um, checking my blood sugar 15, 20 minutes before dinner and counting how many carbs were 
uh, in the foods that I ate and then determining from there uh, how much insulin I needed to take um, to cover the carbs that I was eating and also accommodate my blood sugar and keep it level and healthy. Interesting. We almost had to do a little bit of math and go, okay, I had you know 150 grams of carbs in this meal. So then how much insulin, like how many pumps of your insulin would that be if you had 150 grams of carbs? Gosh, uh, well, the thing is, is that with carbs and insulin, those things can vary so much. But um, especially now with uh, working out and the program that I'm on, because I've had to um, up my intake of uh, carbs and calories with the program I'm on. So I would say that for a 100 or 150 carb meal, um, depends on the food too, but I would have to give myself around 13, 14 units of insulin, which is, doesn't sound, uh, like a lot, but it is, uh, for, you know, insulin wise. So dang, how many pumps is that? Is that, did you have to do a pump for each, um, unit? No, the, uh, pump, I just, uh, key in how much, um, I need to give myself and it'll automatically pump it all into me. Dang, that's wild. Do yeah. You, do you ever sort of think, okay, I don't want to eat too much because I don't want to have to use a lot of insulin because maybe you know you're running out for the for the week or something? Or does that ever occur to you where you you have to try to ration your insulin in any way, or are you just are you just getting them, you know, your insulin replacement so so quickly and easily that it's like doesn't matter. You can use as much as you want. I've been able to get um, uh, refills of insulin prescriptions uh, quite easily with. Um, with my insurance and, uh, and with, I'm with Kaiser and thankfully, yeah, Kaiser is amazing. I miss Kaiser mm-hmm. at 26. They said goodbye to oh, We don't want don't, you anymore. Oh, dang it. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to hear. So I just have to meet a lovely lady who has Kaiser, you know, there you go. <laughs> and it's all about that free health insurance, man. <laughs> <Facts>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Kaiser's been super, um, accommodating with, uh, my insulin needs and, I even told my endocrinologist or my diabetes doctor slash educator that I'm on this workout program and I've been upping my calorie and uh, carb intake pretty much every day. And so therefore I've been running out of insulin a little bit quicker and I need to refill my prescription a little earlier. And thankfully he's been very understanding of that. So, Hmm. That's so interesting that you have to sort of take that into play. Yeah. Cause what, how many, uh, how many calories are you eating right now with your part? Are you bulking right now? Yes, I'm bulking. Lean bulk or, or a more intense bulk? Lean bulking. Okay. So you don't know what Roy did then maybe three, 400 calories over your maintenance. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then how's that, how's that going for you? It's going really well, I think. Um, I mean, see, I've been working out for a year and a half now, uh, almost two years. And, uh, at the time when I started working out, I was uh, 160 pounds, and so I was pretty slim. How tall are you? What six six one? Six two. Six two. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I feel like 160 pounds for a 60 person. That's that's tiny. Yeah, uh, it was pretty slim for me at the time, and uh, you know, it was definitely an insecurity of mine at the time, being as slim as I was. I mean, I still considered myself athletic at the time, just because I had so many years of bowling under my belt, but. Um, now, uh, fast forwarding to today, uh, I'm actually at, uh, 205 pounds now and still, Dang. yeah. Um, 
huge 45 pounds wow that's awesome yeah and um i mean in terms of my ultimate uh fitness goals um that i want to reach upon finishing the program that i'm on i'm still pretty far from that but at least now i'm not um so insecure um as i was before i started working out so and i mean i'm still slim but uh at the same time i've also bulked drastically so hmm. are you what are your what, what can you hit on the different the different compound lifts compound lifts meaning you know your uh your weighted uh i know the keto body you guys are you're always doing the weighted pull-ups you're doing the the weighted dips you're doing the I guess you're not really doing bench press. You're doing you're doing the incline press, right? Mm-hmm. What what can you hit on some of those? You can you uh, are you on Roy's level? You on private Mr. Private Peck's level yet? Um, I would say I'm pretty much at uh, Roy's level when he was at the start of the program. Um, so, you know, still trying to completely nail down my limits and uh, also uh, push myself beyond that, um, but. I would say for my weighted chin-ups now, um, the most I've been able to hit in the first set is uh, carrying um, 90 pounds for a set of uh, four reps. Nice. Yeah. Very good. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, I give I give Roy a lot of crap about the Kino Body programs. They're pretty <laughs> solid. I can't I can't hate them. I can't hate them. I'm more of an athlete next guy, but mm-hmm. but I like the I like what Kino Body's got going on. I think the different compound lists they have you guys do is are solid and I think having the three days a week is pretty easy for most people to adhere to. Mm-hmm. How long are the workouts usually? Per day? Yeah. Um, around an hour and a half, two hours. Okay, so they're still pretty long then. I guess you've got long rest times, right? You're doing two to three minute rests in between sets? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Do you like that? Is it was is this program, the Kingdom, was that the first program you've ever done or have you done other programs? This is the first program I have ever done. Uh, and I'm on uh, Kino Body's uh, Greek God program. Awesome. Okay. Do you see yourself doing different programs in the future, or do you want to repeat that one? Maybe if I'm super intrigued by another workout program, I uh, would consider it. But uh, right now, I'm pretty attached to uh, Kino Body, just uh, based off of a lot of testimony that I've read from other people uh, on the internet who have completed both um the greek god program and also the movie star uh body program that's lean cutting um Mm. and also uh on account of uh roy's testimony uh he's uh inspired me a lot to uh go with uh kino body's methods Mm. roy he you know he puts in the work i see his work you know he needs to nail down his nutrition a little bit more calling him out right now but he's, (laughs) he's working on that uh now Obviously, you're eating a lot of Chipotle, which is great. What other things nutritionally have you changed in the last couple of years as you've done your program, you've lifted, that you found have helped you you know, lift more or stay leaner? What kind of foods are you eating nowadays that you didn't eat before? Uh, well, in terms of uh, my diet at home, uh, when I'm, whenever I'm not having Chipotle, it's pretty much the same as uh, from what I described earlier. So mostly... Lean meats such as steak, chicken, um, fish. Um, uh, that's uh, usually my, my source of protein um, at home. And uh, occasionally whey protein is something that uh, I've also incorporated 
uh, into mm. my uh, my plan. But uh, whey protein, I would say, is more kind of a last resort at this point. Um, Just and, if you haven't maybe hit your protein goals, you'll you'll throw in an extra whey protein shake to hit it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What mm-hmm. else? Um, I've definitely uh, upped my uh, intake of uh, meat at home. So uh, double, tripled the um, uh, beyond my usual uh, servings at home. So in terms of uh, my nutrition plan at home, that hasn't really changed much. Um, I would say Chipotle and whey protein. I would say those two things are really the only big changes that I've uh, <laughs> incorporated into <laughs> into my lifestyle. So <laughs> now, usually, are you with your lean meats? Are you having are you having some some rice? Are you having quinoa? You know, potatoes. What kind of what kind of carb are you having along with your with your lean? Or are you going low carb? Mostly potatoes and rice. Uh, I <clears throat> I try to stick mostly with just with those. Um, just as uh, extra calories, pretty much. Hmm. I'd recommend quinoa. Oh yeah, because it's uh, I think you get five five grams of protein per serving, mm-hmm. or maybe more than that, maybe ten. No, I think it's five between five and ten you get, which is more than rice. I don't think rice rice doesn't really offer much protein at all, from what I remember. No, so I usually do really. quinoa. I think rice is like a taste a tad better, but I don't notice a huge. I think quinoa is fine, and you can add a lot of stuff to quinoa too. You can add. I have a buddy who does a quinoa salad where he puts in cucumbers and red onion and it's and black beans and it's absolutely delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, quinoa. I've been doing a lot of quinoa just to up my protein just a little bit. It's not a ton, but it's enough to, you know, a little more than rice. But usually, I'm the same as y'all. I usually have rice, quinoa, potatoes. I'm really big into sweet potatoes because Jeff Cavalier is always talking about he does sweet potatoes all the time because he's, he's just super vitamin dense. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit more vitamin dense than a regular potato, but regular potato is still pretty good. You still get a lot of uh, a lot of potassium and a lot of um, I think I can't remember the other vitamins that are in it. But okay, so you got your your carb locked down. What about are you throwing in some veggies or a fruit or something like that? Not much fruit, mostly just veggies. Um, any veggies I have are really uh, the side salads that I have with um, with dinner um, or. Broccoli, um, actually something that I have been making for lunch quite often for myself at home and also for dinner is, um, so you, you know of those, um, you ever see those sausages at uh, Whole Foods, um, uh, like the whole sausages that are uh, in a packaging? I, th- I think I see those at Costco. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the, uh, it's the ground raw one uh, in um so not the ones that are pre like pre-flavored. Uh, no. It's just it's completely just plain thing uh, of meat. Yep. Yep. Um so those don't have any um uh, added flavors as far as I know, but um I usually and I can't remember the brand off the top of my head, but uh I get it at Whole Foods and um I'll ground that up uh usually uh, make some good ground sausage, uh, throw in some onion for flavoring, and either uh, shredded cabbage or zucchini uh, for Ooh, okay. uh, for some vegetables. Yeah, and uh, so that's uh, uh, that's been a really uh, good additive uh, for my diet, especially because of the uh, protein and the calorie amount that's uh, in it. 
for the whole sausage that I cook myself, um, coupled with uh, uh, either zucchini or cabbage. It's uh, 840 calories um, with uh, 73 grams of protein in it. Sheesh, let's go. Hitting those protein numbers. I like mm-hmm. it. I like it. Is there a food that you, man, you just can't resist? You know, it's that, that for me, it's cinnamon rolls, probably ice cream, and certain types of cookies. If they're in front of me, man, it's, I have a hard time. Uh, I have a hard time saying no. You got any <laughs> foods like that? Oh man, um, recently, yeah, actually. Um, so, Roy recommended to me a um, new brand of ice cream that I'd never oh tried gosh, before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I give him a hundred percent full credit for this. By the way, um, just wanted to throw that out there for you, man. Um, this uh, brand that he introduced me to is um, one that Safeway carries. It's called uh, Turkey Hill. And no, that's an ice cream brand? That's an ice cream brand. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. When he told me that on the phone, I'm like, Turkey Hill? Why is it called Turkey Hill? <laughs> oh, God. That sounds so gross, dude. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, but it's good. Uh, anyway, branding aside, yeah, uh, it's really good. What's um, the flavor? The flavor is uh, mint uh, chalk chip is what it says on the label. And Turkey Hill for mint chocolate chip. What? Yeah, and that's just wrong, dude. The, I'm I'm t- <laughs> I'm telling you though, it's absolute fire. Uh, like after I had my first bowl, I texted him and I was like, "Dude, thank you so much uh, <laughs> oh, because this stuff is amazing." <laughs> on that dirty bulk, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> I always used to give Roy so much crap because uh, I'm friends with him on my fitness pal. Mm-hmm. And so I would look and see what he's eating. And I'd see like, <laughs> he's going to hate me for saying this. I'll say like he had a couple of cookies or some ice cream. And I'll text him and be like, hey, how are those cookies, man? <laughs> oh I, I shouldn't I shouldn't judge. I, I do my best to stay away from as many sweets as I can. But I do live with uh, with my parents currently looking to move out ASAP. Love my parents and all, but it's 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 time. But they they love to have their their sweets around and their junk food. So I, I catch myself uh, chowing down on their ice cream from time to time because it's just there. And they buy the they buy good stuff too. They buy uh, I think my favorite ice cream flavor is like peanut butter chocolate. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, it's so good. Is Turkey Hill your new favorite? Right now it is. Um, definitely. Speaking of. Um peanut butter chocolate chip um is it from dryers by um by any chance tillamook's my favorite tillamook gotcha the one i used to eat all the time was from dryers or dryers <clears throat> or dryers i don't know which one I, pr- I think it's dryers okay cool so i'm in the clear um <laughs> somebody needs to come up make a cinnamon roll ice cream i don't know if that exists or not but i would i'm sure it's easy for that i'm sure it exists somewhere if uh all flavors um uh, under the moon exists for like taffy or something in a candy store then oh yeah uh, uh, and then uh, there's probably a cinnamon roll ice cream. flavor you know for mm-hmm. roy yep <laughs> thanks for listening to part one of two of my conversation with matt kitty for my series called gym junkies make sure to stay tuned on monday Part two will be released. And again, you'll get the full scoop on Matt and him wanting to become a pilot and the obstacles he's ran into. He's incredibly vulnerable and shares a lot of 
just from the heart stuff during that podcast. You're definitely going to want to tune into that one on Monday. Thanks for listening, guys, and I will see you on the next pod. Thank you.